So, not all of me will die. The finer part will cheat death, free from all decay. My fame will grow and never fade, wherever the Slavic race is honored. Word of me will pass from white sea to black, where Neva, Volga, Don, and Ural rivers flow. And among the countless people, all will know how I traveled from obscurity to fame. This episode of History Obscura is brought to you by Stamps.com. Since 1998, Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly one million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're an office sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and standard printer. Printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send. And you'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. And with my promo code POD, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a digital scale. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in P-O-D. That's stamps.com. Promo code P-O-D. Never go to the post office again. Hello, welcome back to the History Obscura podcast. I am your once and forever host, Mandy Gardner. It's the right season for some particularly creepy tales, and since I know you love those as much as I do, please do enjoy the following story. Once upon a time, a funeral procession made its slow way through the streets of Russian city Nisky Novgorod. The deceased was an unfortunate girl, aged only 11. As her corpse was carried past a young boy by the name of Anatoly, several of the girl's mourners insisted that the onlooker give their poor lost girl a kiss. Remembering later, Anatoly said, An adult pushed my face down to the waxy forehead of the girl in an embroidered cap, and there was nothing I could do but kiss her as ordered. The bizarre incident sparked a dark obsession in Anatoly, including the nearby Krasnaya Etna Cemetery. An only child to Elvira and Yuri Moskvin, Anatoly had few friends and spent most of his time reading instead of playing with other children. His parents thought Anatoly was simply too intelligent to bond with other kids his age, and indeed he was one of the highest achievers in his class. Before he was a teen, Anatoly would teach himself how to speak as many as 13 secondary languages. As an adult, he would become a linguist, a philosopher, and a historian. Still not the type to socialize too much, Anatoly continued to live with his parents in their apartment while working as a lecturer of Celtic studies at Nisni Novgorod Linguistic University. He wrote several books, 
as well as papers and translations, and became very well known in academic circles. Moskvin also occasionally worked as a journalist and regularly contributed to local newspapers. Describing himself as a necropolist, Moskvin was considered an expert on local cemeteries in the area. In 2005, Oleg Ryabov, a fellow academic and publisher, commissioned Moskvin to summarize and list the dead in more than 700 cemeteries in 40 regions of the Nizhny Novgorod Oblast, which is the local region. Moskvin claimed that between 2005 and 2007, he had gone on foot to inspect 752 cemeteries across the region, walking up to 30 kilometers a day. During these travels, he would drink from puddles, spend nights in haystacks and abandoned farms, or sleep in the cemeteries themselves, even going so far once to spend a night in a coffin that was being prepared for a funeral. On his extensive travels, Moskvin was sometimes questioned by police on the suspicion of vandalism and theft, but was never arrested or detained after stating his academic credentials and purpose. The work itself remains unpublished, but has been described as unique and priceless by Alexei Yesin, the editor of Necrologies, a weekly paper to which Moskvin was a regular contributor. Yesen stated that he believed Moskin was a loner who had certain quirks, but who gave no indication that he was up to anything unusual. Between 2006 and 2010, Moskvin worked as a freelance correspondent for the newspaper Nisni Novgorod Worker, publishing articles twice a month. His father also sometimes wrote for this paper, and during 2008, Moskvin wrote an extensive series of articles on the history of Ninsty Novgorod cemeteries. In addition to his work, Anatoly Moskvin began collecting large dolls. The collection grew and grew, eventually turning into an unusual hoard within his parents' home that overlapped into their garage. Amongst the dolls were stacks and piles of books, papers, and other items. It was these piles that local police investigated in 2011 as part of their ongoing case to solve a string of gravesite desecrations. The press service of the main directorate of the Ministry of Internal Affairs for the Ninsty Novgorod region distributed a video from the inspection of the apartment. You can find that video, if you dare, in the show notes. The video shows that in the apartment, 28 mummified female bodies were found, the age of the deceased ranging from 15 to 25 years. All the mummies were dressed in beautiful dresses. Another was later found in the garage. In their manufacture, Anatoly used human remains recovered from graves. The dolls were wearing the clothes of the buried people. The investigators also found books about making dolls. In addition, photographs and tablets from tombstones, schemes of the location of graves and cemeteries, 
and other paraphernalia were found. Colleagues described Moskvin as a normal person, a historian dedicated to funeral ritual and burial rites. Evidently, he was preparing for publication a book dedicated to the tombs of his neighborhood and the region, as well as a dictionary of local place names. In total, over the years of research, Moskvin described more than 700 cemeteries, and his articles contain huge collections of epitaphs. The doll collector stated, after his arrest, that he felt great sympathy for the dead children and thought that they could be brought back to life either by science or black magic. As an expert on Celtic culture, Moskvin had learned that the ancient druids slept on graves in order to communicate with the spirits of their dead. He also studied the culture of the peoples of Siberia, in particular the ancient Yakuts, and discovered they had a similar practice for communicating with their dead. Moskvin began searching for obituaries of recently deceased children. When he found an obituary that spoke to him, he would sleep on the child's grave in order to determine if the spirit wished to be brought back to life. The man claimed he had been doing this for around 20 years and insisted that when he began, he never dug up a grave without the permission of the child within. As he grew older, it became physically painful for him to sleep on the graves, so he began bringing the bodies home where it would be more comfortable to sleep near them. He hoped the spirits would be more willing to speak in a safe, welcoming home and that they might be easier to hear when they were no longer underground. After exhuming the corpses, Moskvin researched mummification theories and techniques in an attempt to preserve their bodies. He dried the corpses using a combination of salt and baking soda, and then cached the bodies in secure, dry places in and around cemeteries. Once the bodies dried, Moskvin carried them to his home, where he used various methods to make dolls, in an attempt to give the children functional bodies to be used when he eventually discovered a way to bring them back to life. He felt their physical remains were too decayed and ugly for them to feel comfortable or happy, Unable to prevent the bodies from withering and shrinking, he would wrap the limbs in strips of cloth and stuff the body cavity with rags and padding to provide fullness, sometimes adding wax masks decorated with nail polish over the faces before dressing them in brightly colored children's clothes and wigs. These details made the bodies appear to be large, homemade dolls, which prevented their discovery. Moskvin said he was aware that he was committing a crime, but felt the dead children were calling out to be rescued, and believed that rescuing these children was more important than obeying the law. He was also motivated by his own desire to have children, specifically a daughter. He often regretted that he never had children, and at one point attempted to adopt a young girl against the wishes of his parents, but his application was declined due to his low income. Moskvin considered the dolls to be his children. He spoke to and interacted with the corpses, 
sang songs to them, watched cartoons with them, and even held birthday parties and celebrated holidays for their benefit. Doctors would later declare the man schizophrenic. Thank you for listening. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash history obscura, or check out the show links to see how to buy us a nice cup of tea. Either way, your support is very much needed and appreciated. Good night. Good night.